Welcome to another episode of the Scrumcast. I'm Clayton Langelzigich. I'm Roy Vandewater. And I'm Jade Meskill. Okay, and so today we're going to be talking about uh, kind of a hypothetical scenario that I think we've probably seen in a few different permutations. But um, the kind of gist of it is you've got the Scrum team and there is a deadline approaching. And so uh, maybe the business or management or product or somebody has decided that you know, in order to release at this deadline, we need all these features because these are things that we've promised to our customers. Uh, the sales guys are out there and they're selling this stuff and we need all these features. So there's this finite amount of work that we think needs to be done by the release. And the team, um, for maybe we'll talk about some potential reasons, but for the team, for whatever reason, maybe they're underperforming. And if you were to draw the release plan out, you would realize that, say, based on their recent velocity, there's no way that uh, their recent velocity is going to be able to consume enough points to get all of the features done that the product team thinks need to be done. Uh, so in that scenario, I guess kind of what would you do? You know, do you uh, do you treat it as like a fixed scope project and you just say we're not going to do Scrum anymore? Uh, do you switch to Kanban and uh, try and just get as much as you can done? Uh, you know, what are some ideas? So, so oh, go ahead, Jade. Uh, now, my question is, how does getting rid of your framework or uh, the the processes or anything that you're doing actually fix the problem? I can answer that. Um, okay, you see, go. if you don't have release planning, then you don't have to worry about a lot of stuff that won't get done until the actual release date. So you can put off that conversation for at least another month if that's how far your release date out is. <laughs> I think there's probably some ability to do that. Um, I guess to kind of answer that question further... It's a good topic to go down. Um, maybe, maybe the team thinks that there is, um, you know, some waste in that, or they think the process is slowing them down, and so they feel like if we just got rid of the process and we had more time to work, uh, you know, we need more time to code. So if we stop having these stand-ups and these planning meetings and these retrospectives, we'd have more time. I mean, maybe that's so. Oh, cool. on. So let's so be honest. Just, let's like, just turn our brain off and we'll get more done. Right. Like being honest. Like how much. How much behind are they? Like if they're if they're behind enough that they are considering throwing out their entire process, then it is cutting out a fifteen minute stand up a day going to speed them up that much? And I would argue it even slow them down because now you got a bunch of independent people working and not communicating with each other. So that you're gonna come to like everybody trying to put their pieces together at the end and everything is gonna hit the fan and it's gonna be a total pain in the ass. But the overhead so, so, of those ceremonies don't seem to be that big of a deal. Yeah, so let's talk about that, right? So what what do you do? Like, you know, Clayton gave us the scenario. Do you let him throw it away? So I, I don't know. I think, I think it's time. Like, if you realize that based off of the current velocity, you're not going to be able to meet your release plan. I think that that is the team's time to have a honest conversation with the product owner and to explain to him that it's not realistically possible. It doesn't matter what process you throw around it because it doesn't sound like these guys are barely missing their target. It sounds like these guys are massively missing it. And it doesn't matter what process you put around it at that point. There's no magic bullet to fix that. So realistically, the stuff is not going to get done before the release date, and they have to have that conversation. But what if they won't? I mean, I, I can't help you if you won't have that conversation. Uh, or, okay, let's flip that on its head, too. What if, um, what if they think, you know, if we just had more time to code and maybe we didn't have a certain person on the team or maybe if we could, um, you know, I, I think we should implement this big feature this certain way, but these people disagree with me. And if only they could just let me do the work and they didn't have their arguments, uh, then we'd be okay. You know, what if they're kind of being very hopeful? 
I don't know. It, it seems like wishful thinking. It doesn't seem very realistic. It's, it seems like you're trying to throw out all of the data and ignore it and then, and then say, but we hope that everything is going to turn out all right. We, we choose to remain optimistic that, that everything is going to be great in the end. We, we don't like what the facts are telling us, right. so let's, uh, let's get rid of those. Do you think this is so, why... Uh, so, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jade. No, go ahead. Do you think this is why some people, maybe they get to this crossroads when they're trying something like Scrum or really any Agile framework, and they get to some crossroads where things aren't working out, um, and they confuse the fact that Scrum is just highlighting the problems, and they think that it's part of the problem, and they think... Um, you know, they get to this crossroad, and this is where people start throwing things out or creating Scrum butts. Well, of course, right? That it's it is showing you what the problem is, and so uh, your first reaction is to run away from that or to stop the pain, right? And so, what do we do when we have a headache, right? We're gonna we're gonna try to take some something to get rid of the headache instead of understanding that there's probably some source for that. Maybe I need glasses, or maybe my neck is out of alignment, you know, maybe there's, there's actually some real root cause that's causing my pain. Uh, but, um, you know, I might blame it on something else in order to uh, not address the root cause. Hmm. Okay. Um, so Clayton, like it sounds, it sounds to me like this hypothetical team wants to throw scrum out the window and just kind of play it by ear. But what, what's going to happen when that release date rolls around and they still haven't even gotten close? Probably not even as close as their velocity would have indicated they'd get. Yeah, so if you think about like what would happen on a traditional team. Let's say we're doing waterfall and we say, you know, six months ago we set this, drew the line in the sand and said that um, the date's going to be, you know, re- ship date is this, release date's this, whatever. Um, if things are taking longer, what usually happens to a waterfall team? You work overtime at the end to right. start working eighty-hour work weeks. You just work as much as you possibly can to but, try and get it done, which increases a ton of de- it vastly increases your defect rate. Yeah, I think we've seen that too. Um, so, I mean, I think if you're, you know, even if you're a scrum team, if you decide that you're just going to throw that out the window, um, you don't really have the the framework or maybe any of the best practices. It seems like you kind of just would revert to the slow slow death march thing, right? Well, so let me ask this question: Is it is it possible if they did that if they worked every available hour in this in this hypothetical scenario uh if they worked every hour that they could could they hit that release date uh, i think that's a good question so i guess i didn't really think about that when i was coming up with the the hypothetical but um because i'm, I'm going to go with the the xp thinking along this line right and say that over time is not necessarily bad it is when you have too much overtime that it's bad, right? Okay. There, there are there are situations where maybe it does make sense that we do have to put in some extra time to get where we need to go. Um, but if that's a if it's totally unrealistic and unsustainable, so if if we have to do this for six weeks just to get caught up or to, to deliver, that's insane, right? But if we had to maybe put in an extra day, uh, maybe that's reasonable and the team could could come to that. It sounds like in your scenario though, it's, it's not they're they're too far off yeah i would say that the maybe even the more underlying thing or the root of that is that i don't think anyone really knows the answer to that question right right so if you if you at least have that information you can make that determination but um if you don't know the answers then you're kind of just gonna throw your hands up in the air right 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 so it sounds like there might be even more issues at play besides just the team getting work done yeah, so, okay, let's take that in another direction. And let's say that, um, 
you know, uh, the Scrum Master got wind of this plan to throw away Scrum, and, and they stepped in and they said, um, you know, we're not going to do that. But if the Scrum Master came to you and said, I, we don't know what to do, uh, we're thinking about switching to Kanban, or we're thinking about um, enforcing some rule about who can work on what story, um, is it, you know, can you give them any advice in that regard? I mean, ultimately, the team has got to be a self-organizing unit. And if the team honestly thinks that's, that something like switching to Kanban or, or something a little bit less severe, like deciding who works on what story, if they think le- something like that is going to drastically help, then I feel it is the Scrum Master's responsibility to support them in that change, provided it won't destroy the entire team, right? Like, as long as it's not going to kill them, let them try it for a week and then force them to analyze the effectiveness of that decision and if it made a negative impact, strongly encourage them to roll back. Okay, so I think then that gets into another issue of, you know, at what point um, do you let the team self-organize themselves to failure? Yeah, I think that's really tough. <laughs> I don't think I have an answer for that at all. Uh, I'd, I'd say some, some of it depends on what's the cost of failure, right? If it's going to get everybody fired, you know, maybe it's not a very nice thing to do to let them just... Mm-hmm fail utterly, right? Uh, if it was me in this situation, I would figure out, if I'm pretty sure they're going to fail at this, I can't tell them that, and I can't tell them what to do, right, if I'm if I'm a good scrum master. Uh, but what is some way that I could encourage them to fail the smallest, right? Mm, okay. Uh, to, to say, okay, that's great. We want to throw this all, all out the window. Well, let's let's do that, but let's check in in some short amount of time, kind of like what Roy said, that for two weeks, do whatever you want, and we'll talk about what that really means. Um, that, that's, that's the direction that I would go if the team was really insistent on that if we want to blame Scrum or we want to blame some, some framework for the challenges that we're having, fine, let's try it without it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that those challenges aren't going to go away. Yeah, I think the the things that this kind of you know the the scenario at least uh, try I'm trying to highlight or highlights I think are uh, is the fact that you know Scrum or whichever framework you pick is not the silver bullet, so you can still have all kinds of problems in the framework, and it's not the framework's fault. It's you know like you mentioned, Jade, you disagree with the facts or you know you're afraid of the facts or whatever. Um, and then I think in addition to that, I think there's a, a real question if you're someone that's maybe in like a management role. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty powerful to let the team fully self-organize themselves into failure, but at the same time, you're right. You really just have to, I guess, weigh the risk of uh, what does it actually mean to fail, uh, and what what point do I step in? I mean, so I think you run the risk of, you know, you want them to be self-organizing, and they need to kind of, uh, you don't want to necessarily shelter them, but at the same time, you have to have that. You know, maybe it's a really long leash or something, or I don't know the right way to think about it, but. Yeah. Right. Well, and again, let's let's remember that self-organization is not self-direction. That's a good distinction, yeah. Or self-governing, right? That they, there, there's some container placed around the team that they are self-organizing within. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other modifications we can make to the scenario. Uh, so let's say that um, the release is say six weeks away, and this team is doing uh, one week iteration. So they've got six iterations left. And let's say that three weeks go by and their velocity has picked up a little bit, and but it's still not enough of what they need. Um, is there anything that you would, let's say they, they stuck with Scrum, you, you know, we convinced them that they should stick with that. 
Um, is there anything that you would suggest at the three-week mark, maybe, uh, you know, kind of halfway there that they maybe change or do differently? Or, Well, I, I think, again, you can't, you can't ignore the facts. And if the historical velocity of the team is consistent or maybe it's 5% better or, you know, some, some small improvement, that's awesome. But if you need a 100% improvement to get where you're going, it's not going to happen. And so this is a time to get everybody in the room and have a very, very tough conversation, right? This is the time, if, if we look at some of the, the core values of Scrum uh, and extreme courage is in there, this is, this is that time to have extreme courage and uh, basically stop the line, right, and say, this is not going to happen. Something has to give. Either the release date has to change the scope has to change. One of those two has to give. That we're 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 too close. We can't just ramp up a new team and like fix all these problems and do all this stuff. Uh, we we've got to change our expectations and we've we've got to match them to reality. So there is um, one thing, like we had talked about the uh, extreme risk of failure in this case, and let's say that not hitting all of the features by that date is going to be a huge downside, like if that causes the firing of all the teams or, or whatever it is, right? Yep. There, There is a scrum game that I think all of us have played, and it's one that you love to uh, – that, that you like to bring to your coaching engagements, Jade, which is the, um, the ballpoint game. And yep. the essence of the game is that you pass a bunch of balls around in a circle, and there's some very specific rules on how it all functions, and the idea is to try to get as many balls around the circle and back into the bucket. And my it's that's one of my favorite games because I remember when we played it with Integrum back when we were doing um, application development, and I remember what we got from it is we got to like seventy or eighty balls around the uh, the ring in in the two minute time period, and like we started at seventy, we optimized a little bit, and got to seventy three, and we optimized a little more and got seventy five, and we hit around eighty. And we're like we are awesome, like this is as fast as it can get. We have optimized the crap out of this, and this is like we're kicking ass at this. And then Derek steps in and says, I've seen the team hit 160 and suggests a completely different way to do it. And all of a sudden, with very little practice, you know, very little practice, our first time around, we hit 100 and we're not even going that fast. And the second time through, we're hitting 126. We now have almost doubled what our initial velocity was. And I'm not saying that there's a magic bullet like that for, for this team's problem, but if the risk is so great that everybody's going to lose their jobs and you've got nothing left to lose, it might be a good time to start taking some extreme risks to try to try something radically different and see if that makes a difference. Hmm. I guess the, the risk thing is kind of a two-sided coin, right? The, that's a good point. Well, um, I guess we can, in the future, check back on my hypothetical team and see what's <laughs> going on. So, All right. Uh, I appreciate the conversation. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks.